What would you do if you were stuck in another country and didn't know the language? Listen to Ollie, Lewis, Dan, Macan and Dave as they discuss this scenario in Just Forget About It. That we send to David Beckham and you'll be going, oh yeah, Michael Owen, yeah. First I'd ask, does anyone speak English? Then I'd be mad at everyone because they don't speak English, although it's not England. If you try to take your clothes off, then I'd understand you're trying to communicate with me, right? Just Forget About It present Naked Armani. Available soon on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Everyone has a podcast these days, so when the world shut down and we could no longer play music in front of people, we decided we'd play it and talk about it online. I know what you're thinking. Who are these guys and how did they come up with such an amazing and original idea such as starting a podcast? Well, Pod gave rock and roll to you. It's three former friends and current bandmates, Jonathan, Josh, and Neil. Dissecting a song each week from the songwriting. I kept thinking I was in a Beavis and Butthead episode where I'm just like, I'm listening to it and I'm like, what is this about? Did something make her sick? You know, like, did she die? To the music. And then the Stones talk about it because it's like, he's talking about the push and pull of like making a BLT and having cold lettuce and hot bacon because it's very tricky to do. To the production. I don't know how he does it. I don't know exactly what the wall sound is, but it's, it's beautiful. It does it with the gun. It's all about the gun. <laughs> and then playing a cover at the end. So, if you dig music, you will dig us. Or don't listen. Huh? Whatever. There's a lot of stuff out there. Subscribe to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to You on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. One, two, three, four, pop culture. Who can eat pop culture? Who can eat pop culture? Who can eat pop culture? Who Hey, we came back. It's Dan. And it's Justin. And it's the Pop Culture Hootenanny. Woo! That's right. That's right. It's been a little bit. It has. Uh, battling COVID around here. Yeah, that's uh, the truth. <laughs> Fucking that's, sucks. It does. <laughs> it does. Oh, man. Oh. It, has been oh. a, it has been a trying few weeks. I'm sure it has. Well, um, we're doing uh, a little bit of catch up. Yeah, we, it's been a while since we've done anything, so let's uh, talk about some of the stuff that's been going on around. You know, there's been some movies released, some trailers dropped, uh, all kinds of stuff has been happening, and we're not following any of it because we're slackers. Nah, well, following it and being able to follow up with this is yeah slightly different. I have um, one thing before we go into the relevant. Yeah. All right, or into the to the relatively modern day things that we were discussing. Um, my thing about the Dark Knight. Okay. Bruce Wayne. While being the savior for Gotham is just as Gothamy as Gotham in the Dark Knight, in the Nolan universe. He has to portray himself as a playboy. That's how that was the, the, the gimmick, right? And Batman yeah. begins, he portrayed himself as a playboy. Yeah. Supermodels in a pool driving around in Lamborghinis. 
But as soon as he ran into that, uh, into Rachel, all that shit stopped. Yeah. He started, he started following his Batman. He started doing this. And granted, that's, that's, you know, it's somebody he cares for. So of course they'll, he'll pay a little bit more extra attention, but in the dark night, she's going to the opera with Harvey Dent and he ends up knowing this in advance and brings one of the dancers from said opera slash ballet to dinner and then immediately interrupts that dinner and sits down <laughs> with Harvey Dent. You know what I mean? Just like he owns the hotel. He owns everything. He just sits down in front of it. My point is, um, every position he makes from that point on is a controlling move to have Rachel back at his side as soon as humanly possible. Huh? He promotes Harvey Dent so strongly because he believes he's the white knight. So let's just say Harvey Dent suits two purposes. <laughs> One, he's going to get big and run shit. Which will give, or uh, which will allow him to be uh, lack, loosing up as Batman, if not retiring as Batman, and moving on with Rachel. That's the premise, right? That's why he cried and Alfred made the note, yep. all that kind of shit. Yep. He wasn't going to let that go. If you watch that movie again in that light, everything seems a little bit creepier about Bruce Wayne. <laughs> if you don't want to ruin it. Don't watch it and forget I said anything. But I swear to you, when you look at it that way, it's a weirder movie than usual. It's almost like The Dark Knight is the difference between what two sociopaths could do, what the Joker could do, and the criminal underground, the dirty nitty gritty, and then how Bruce Wayne just buys hotels or, or <laughs> you know... Um, buys things at a whim or flies the giant just to scope out a, a potential Batman villain, you know, things like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's a weird thing. I saw it. I was shaving at the time. <laughs> so that's it. And it brought but, on some, uh, weird insight. I, I guess. I, I don't know. Just next. If you ever watch it on your off chance and remember this conversation, just yeah. Think about it. Huh. Anyways, um, what do you want to talk about? Movies or oh, TV man. shows? Where to begin? Where to begin? I don't know. Um, I mean, yeah, we got Godzilla and King Kong happened. Um, did you ever finish it? I did. I've I've watched I've watched all the the HBO releases of big event of big draw the blockbuster movies that were that got us to HBO Max. Well, then you're um, one up on me because I haven't watched Mortal Kombat yet. Uh, yeah, I I just I was going to try and watch it over the weekend, and then stuff happened, and then uh, yeah, I just haven't had a chance to watch it yet. But I've been watching a lot of weird shit instead of that oh yeah yeah i've been what? taking a well i've been taking a deep dive on um horror movies and strange shit on uh prime i watched motel hell i don't know if you've ever watched it it's like 40 mm. years old from like the 80 i think it was actually in made in 80 okay um 
I, I remember seeing it a long time ago. It's like a, a, this guy, old guy runs a hotel, him and his sister, and uh, they kill people and smoke them and feed them to the people like in the town it's he's farmer vincent's meats uh basically he this is a a real case of people it's just a movie oh Oh, okay i'm sorry i thought no 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 it's just i thought you said horror stories from around like around the globe or something no 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 just just random old horror movies and stuff i did watch uh season one of uh creep show from shutter because i noticed it was on prime oh, okay i watched that that was uh actually pretty good if you like uh if you like the the old creep show movies you'd probably dig them because they have the same it's it's updated but they somehow kept it they managed to keep it kind of the cheesy effects that made those movies kind of what they were right yeah i i i had didn't even know that was a a series but is it episodic or is it like a long drawn out story over the course like Uh, a couple stories over the course of the season no it's episodic it's there's two stories in each episode so they're like two 20 minute stories about 40 minutes a piece oh okay so yeah, about two 20-minute stories in each episode. Now, would they be more on the uh, more Tales of the Crypt side violence? Yeah. Or still Creep Show violence? Uh, both. Tales from the Crypt, Creep Show, both, kind of. All right, well, like, okay, the, the last Creep Show, and I don't know what number it is. I think we may have discussed this before. Um. The Native American statue that butchers everybody? Yeah. I don't know what number that one was. I think it's two. I think that's like the first okay, story was that, two. Did that one have the the thing that was in the lake? All the teenagers were on yeah, the I raft that, and it uh, that's, was like, like oil slick monster? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, that one freaked me out. And I correct me if I'm wrong because I haven't seen it since like 1980, 80, 80. Set, I, I don't know. I don't know Whatever maybe, year it was. Yeah, probably like 80, 87 to 89 sometime. Yeah, 87 yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I haven't seen a movie like that in... All right. Uh, that scene since then. Yeah. And if, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't like the oil slick like suck a dude through the... Um, through the raft, yeah. Through the raft? Okay, yeah. okay. Like yeah, I com- think that... Comes up through the slats and, like, pulls them down. I think that ruined me on that movie. For some reason, that scene alone disturbed me so much <laughs> that I couldn't, ha- I, like, I couldn't handle the rest of the movie. And I remember where I was when I saw it. Yeah. Um, uh, my mom had a friend, Kelly and Shelly, and it was... In Oregon, the few streets test the Marcos intersection of where the farm and all that used to be. I don't know if anyone's familiar, if you're familiar with Oregon or not. Yeah, kind of. All right. Either way, um, yeah, I remember watching it there. And I was so scared. And I was hiding under blankets and a whole bunch of other shit. (laughs) 
So that's my last experience with Creepshow. Man, you are missing out. Dude, I mean, I watched the other ones, like Birthday Cake, the first one with Ted Danson. I watched that one. I watched the one with Stephen King, and I liked that one, too. But for some reason, the Wrath one fucked me up. (laughs) I can't, I I don't know what it was. Um, But yeah, so what do they deal with? Is it more just weird, odd stories, or do they deal with, like... Yeah, they do, like, the one episode's, like, uh, a Monkey's Paw episode. Oh, Um, classic. They do uh, just random shit. It it was, you know, funny. Like, one was, like, werewolves. So there's a werewolf episode with Nazis. <laughs> werewolves and Nazis. It doesn't seem like a combination that can go wrong. At yeah. least for, ho- for horror's sake or for... Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's pretty can't miss, I feel. Um, <laughs> what else? There's, like, a weird vampire creature... One that was pretty funny, uh, uh, haunted dollhouse one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just watched the first season. It was on. It was on there, and I was like, "Oh shit, I'll watch this. I love this show." You or, said the I do- loved the ha- movie. You said a haunted dollhouse. Yeah. Did it freak you out? Uh, it was creepier because it was involved dolls, but it wasn't. It really didn't have anything to do with the dolls. Oh, okay, okay. It was uh, is a weird story, but yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't creepy dolls. It's <laughs> all right. <laughs> it, it was it was watchable. It didn't get to me like that. Right. Like I can handle arachnophobia now, but I couldn't as a kid. I think we talked about this before. But I don't yeah. know. I don't know if you can. You haven't watched it since you were a kid, so I don't know if you could handle it still. Oh, are we having a challenge? Is this a fear challenge episode? Or is that what we're going to do? No. I will do it. No. <laughs> no, because I don't want to have to watch something I don't want to watch. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's fair. I suppose it's fair. Uh, well, um, I know you've watched Invincible. I am up to date on Invincible. Uh, again, the, again, the hoot nanny goes towards the comic books, but that's what we do, right? It is. It is. Um, yeah, I'm up Invincible to- is probably. I don't watch a lot of anime. I, I I don't. Other than like the Batman Ninja, or you know, like a couple things on Cartoon Network back in the early two thousands, I haven't seen a lot of anime. I know of it, but I, and I know a lot of the names and shit, but I don't don't watch it. And this show on Amazon that it almost has like it's like a seventy five percent. I keep fluctuating in when I tell people, but it's like a we'll say a sixty five thirty five uh, standard American style animation with a little bit of anime inspiration. Like the way they show people struggle. Like spoiler alert. I don't know. I don't know. Do we spoil this or how do we fucking do this? I, I, you, we could talk about whatever. I don't know. We'll throw a spoiler in there. All right. Well, we it's the to. first episode of the whole season. But I mean, I think we have to talk about uh, Omni Man versus all that. <laughs> the Guardians of the Globe. The Guardians of the Globe. 
I mean, it's essentially Superman killing the Justice League. It's, you know, like, Invincible has the one problem of being a trope of a trope of a trope. Well, it is from the mind of Robert Kirkman who brought us The Walking Dead. Yes, I'm not. Oh, no, no, no. I do not mean that this won't be an amazing story and successful thing. I finished the first season. I plan on watching the second. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm. Um, but what I mean is, is it sucks because we're a superhero saturated society, just like with the boys. All right. Amazon seems to be pushing this like, hey, superheroes can cause fucking fucking damage too. you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> like. They are definitely flooding that, aren't they? They're right. That's, that's it, their that's their it, angle, and they're taking a hard stand. It's, and it could just be the idea of, hey, maybe we shouldn't wish to be gods. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, look at all the devastation one could, could cause just through. You know, I mean, I guess that leads into the Captain America or the Falcon Winter Soldier discussion. But you know, it's it's the same kind of thing. Like I was telling uh, somebody at work about the scene where Invincible rolls over the lady. Like his first try, he tried to save someone for the first time, and he ended up just breaking her at all of her elbows, her knees, and breaking her back. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, those are situations that there's no way Disney could touch that situation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And this is animated. This is going to be target. This is going to be hitting just a younger demographic. Because I mean, there's the anime. There's the fictional types, like everybody we know and talk to at work. You know, where we can delve into all different types of fiction. Yeah. You know, but a vast, a vast majority of people aren't like us. That's kind of the point of this podcast. <laughs> you know. I, it's not that they're not like us, but they're not not like us in the sense that we understand certain Marvel Studios. Marvel Studios from Disney is never going to be showing rolled over civilians because superheroes couldn't control their power. Like It'll always be some fake situation or aliens or whatever that's getting screwed up or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. But now they're going into Amazon's going into a major um, direction with how they're going to st- storytelling with this guy with Robert Kirkman on this. Yeah, I mean, when Omni Man kills the Guardians of the Globe, I mean, really, I, I I was mainly bored, and I see this with I say this understanding now. I was mainly bored with the first episode. Because I knew what we were going to be watching. Introductory scenes, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then it ended in the fir- in the, the last four and a half minutes of the episode. I just went, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, like it, 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 t- it cut, catch you off guard because yeah, the whole, it, you would not get that vibe. Like you're just like, okay, so this, kid is his dad's a superhero you're waiting to see if he gets his powers right and then all of a sudden yeah he's like uh 
killing all these people for yeah we still I mean, don't know the reason um and you start to find um like uh, omni man okay if this were a movie or if this were a it, and again i say disney or dc there would be this long drawn out battle right yeah but in the span of three and a half minutes Superman <laughs> Omni Man Superman Light dispatches nine p or what seven seven people that he's known for like twenty years. <laughs> like cold as ice, just cuts through them like a knife hot knife through butter. I mean just yeah. In that whole battle scene, I think there was like one time where he almost thought he might lose control, <laughs> like of the scenario. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, the, the was... fun thing about it is, is he's killing off a whole bunch of characters we only know very little information about. They're tropes, right? There's a Batman. There's a there's a um, King of Atlantis type character. There's Bat. Um, what's your name? Um, what was the Wonder Woman? Do you remember? Uh, no, not off the top of my... T- what was her name? Yeah, I can't think of what it was. Yeah, but, you know, um, you know, she's kind of like a mix between Wonder Woman and Hawk Girl. Or, you know, like, there, there's there's all these kind of different things. There's Martian Manhunters, the elastic alien thing, you know. Um, and he just dispatches them with cold precision. And he doesn't even answer any questions. Yeah. It, and it left and and it's weird because I feel like Immortal was saying the things that we were saying by the at the end of the episode. Why? What is going on? Why would you do this? <laughs> this <laughs> you know? I mean I understand he even gives his son the 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 talk of we're a Baltimite and we're here to make the world better. But I guess you don't really know what pers- in perspective what that means, right? Yeah, I, I mean, it, 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 I, some of it's hard to watch. Like for like it being animated violent, like it's like wow, they right, dude. Well, it's the concepts that that kind of animation in- introduces. Anime is one of the is, is is brilliant for doing that kind of stuff. And while I haven't watched a lot of it. When you get into deep animes and that are meant to be serious, like they do show you weird stuff. Like um, in this, in Invincible, it shows Red Rush, basically their version of the Flash, right? Yeah. Hitting Omni Man and doing his the traditional thing that we know a speedster would do. Attack from six or five or six angles, but we also know that this he's going to get caught because this doesn't last long in any scenario. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So he gets caught, but what surprises you from the scene is it wasn't Superman just backhanding somebody and letting them live. It was catching him. And then as he was squeezing his head, right. And this is where the graphic nature of this show comes in that I think even invincible can't manage. Or not invincible, but the boys can manage. Because anime has a way of expressing more emotion through physical pain <laughs> than any other art form that I've seen when it comes to hand-drawn stuff. 
or when it comes to animated stuff. Yeah. And it showed Red Rush's eyes just darting back and forth trying to figure it out. Meanwhile, it's the camera is showing underneath at I would say waist level watching Red Rush just break his hands on Omni-Man's chest where his wrists are limp and he's just punching him with stumps. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't make a difference. All he he broke his own wrists in vain. You know what I mean? Like it slows down time to show you that most animations won't do that for let's say dc won't do it because even though they're the more violent of the two big head companies right out of marvel and dc there's more violence in dc would you say yeah right i would more blood more violence that kind of thing um this just kind of shows it on a whole different level and then when he just basically loat incredible hulk loki's batman <laughs> you know what i'm talking about yeah you know like it's a i don't know man the way they animate this and the way this story has gone this season is very interesting yeah it is i mean it's it's uh the show is really good and i i'd like to actually go back and read the books i know the books are already over so Oh, I didn't even know they were books. Yeah, it's based off a comic book. He Well, that changes my whole perspective on anything. I thought he was doing it for just for the show. I never investigated or anything. Oh, no, no, no. It's it's a it was a series. Uh I don't know. It just ended it last year maybe. 2 years ago. I don't know. Like 20 okay. maybe 2018 enough, or 2019 I, so enough, enough two, time to sell issues. Yes. Yeah, okay. You can probably buy the entire series somewhere, I'm sure. All right. Let me look. Let's see. Uh, Yeah. Pull it up here. Uh, So it started uh, in 2003. So I had a 15-year run. How? What? Final... Just about, yeah, 15 years. February of 2018 was the final final issue. So, yeah, 144 issues. <laughs> That's crazy. So. Uh, one, of our, one of our listeners, <laughs> I don't know why. Like, some days I feel like saying names, some days I don't. Somebody came up to me at work today and said, Wow, that clip you sent? Was that Jonah Jameson beating the shit out of the Justice League? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> it is. In all fronts, he looks like Jonah Jameson. Like, mainly looks like Jonah Jameson. And he's voiced by J.K. Simmons, the current Jonah Jameson of the Spider-Man universe. I just thought that's kind of interesting. You go, one day ago, Invincible has sold over 100,000 graphic novels in 2021 already. So, oh, yeah. So in the in the month that it's been out, it's already sold 100,000 issues. And I wonder if this is just the next... Like, are they going to be able to do this the way the comic actually is? Like... Did Amazon say, Robert Kirkman, just let us do the shit that you wrote? (laughs) 
You know what I mean? Well, are they gonna try and are they gonna fuck with it like Walking Dead? I'm gonna guess no because you notice that uh, Seth Rogen and uh, Evan uh, what the fuck's his name? Gold Gold Bloom. Who he always works with uh, Seth Rogen. Anyway, they they do it, and I know when they've done their comic book stuff together, they yeah. try to keep it pretty pretty close. Like they, right, they did that with Preacher, right? Yeah, they and I mean, you know, Preacher. There's some of the stuff you just couldn't get away with, especially on a network like you know, like it was on AMC. I'm sure you right. get away with some stuff. Right. While they were letting a little bit more violence on, they they weren't allowed to deal with the things that that subject matter could deal with. Yeah. Yeah. So. No. Yeah, but yeah, I did not know that it was a full full on comic. That's great. Yeah, I was I was thinking about getting into it, but I mean, now I feel like I'm just jumping on the bandwagon. It's already sold that much. <laughs> um, ninety percent of the things we talk about are bandwagon stuff. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're not wrong. I mean, I, I mean it's just we're talking about the shit that we like that's pop culture that's, that's the stuff yeah i mean i understand our our views are slightly narrow but it doesn't mean they're wrong dan yeah <laughs> you're right. you go you go be a bandwagoner maybe i don't know see if i can find <laughs> it if i can find a whole collection <laughs> um but yeah i mean so far like that show has been I mean, I like the storyline. I like I like I I like the casting in it. Like everyone's yeah. like it seems everyone fits. I don't know. It it's Right. I've liked it better than I've liked some other stuff that's been going on. Let me just say that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, what is your gripe against other stuff that's been going on? Um I don't know that I have gripes per se as I don't like when they just mess with characters. All right. Well, let's go with good, bad, and ugly. What are you talking about? Uh, well, I kind of don't like uh, Agent Carter being, uh, being oh, for Falcon? bad guy. Yeah. I was um, kind of disappointed the- in the power broker move thing. Um, you know, to be honest with you, that's the one loose thread of the series that I didn't or wasn't awake for, for her introduction as the power broker. I think one night I may have fallen asleep and missed it, but I saw her at the end of the series as the power broker. And I was making, I mean, cause I knew she was introduced, Yeah, but then either whatever command she gave right after that introduction slipped past me or she gave, you know, she gave a more like, ah, uh, yes, we have them. No, I'll give you the goods, you know, whatever. I, I know she had, you know, with the serum and shit. Right. Uh, well, it, it was like, basically you find out she like runs into Carly and the tunnels and, you know, Carly calls her the power broker and, then they fight, and then uh, Falcon shows up, and then she gets knocked out, I guess, you know. 
So she's out of play, and then the Falcon and Carly are fighting, and then uh, she just comes to and shoots her and kills Carly before she could say anything to Falcon. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, so she's the bad guy now. And, I mean, I don't... I'm assuming this is getting another season. I didn't see anything about it being a series finale, like for WandaVision was. Right. So I think it's going to be coming back. I don't know for sure. Um, I mean, I liked well, it overall. No, I um, I actually uh, I, I have uh, things to say about this show. Yeah. Um, I... I was bored to start out. I was bored to start out. Because the first episode was pretty slow, and nothing is together. You know, you got the Falcon storyline, you got Bucky's storyline, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Okay. But uh, it it really came together for me. I don't know. I, I have something to say about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. In the sense of, well, I have plenty of things to say. But my main thing that I want to get across before I forget or before we move on to another subject is time is different in Falcon and the Winter Soldier than it is in any other Marvel experience you've ever had. All right. I'm listening. Can you, with the exception of WandaVision, and I've thrown this theory out there, and not theory, but just statement of how I view the Disney lineup of these shows. WandaVision was the weird. For a majority of it, you knew something was fucked up because you were watching this as a sitcom evolve through time, right? Yeah. You knew it. But you didn't know what the fuck was going on for why, right? And that was the excitement of watching each episode. All right. Falcon and Winter Soldier suffers because you don't get that experience. It has to be a naturally growing process. And humans wait humans are limited to human things right so you're not going to get an insane amount of action falcon's introduction which i think was i'm going to say this it was kind of poor um falcon's introduction was the only thing you saw what was it four and a half minutes of the episode yeah, something, you know I mean? I'm sure, yeah. I mean, and it's not that you you know, you know don't see them doing things. You see Bucky do, reliving his sequences and all that shit. I mean, they, they do good storytelling. It's just that you're not used to seeing these Avengers do their daily life shit. And that eats up a lot of time in a show. Yeah. They're the, you're, you have to wait for this show. Like, one of my favorite scenes of the, of the episode or of the season, is when they're all waiting. This show is Bucky leaning against a pole. <laughs> Falcon is sitting there. Sam's sitting there against the fucking, leaning against the wall. I think Zemo's sitting there on a step. And just everybody's waiting for something to happen. And it was almost a, almost a metaphor for the show up until that point. Because right after that scene is when Captain America kills someone, <laughs> right? Like, they, they're they waiting, and then they try to meet Carly, right? Isn't that the deal, right? And Sam yeah. goes and talks. I think that's the whole episode, but, you know, on top of stuff. But um, 
they're waiting for us. They're just waiting for something to happen. And everything kicks off in that episode where, where the new Captain America loses it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it changes the whole dynamic of the show because you thought this guy was going to be prim and proper and maybe he was going to like puss out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like out of something or, or, or bow down. I, I mean, you know, you had expectations for this because this guy isn't Captain America. Right? Yep. He's not he's not Captain America. He's not Steve Rogers. And it sucks. Because that episode told him he wasn't anything anyways. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well <laughs> it, I mean I I know like I, I knew a little bit about John Walker. I knew like his little like he had a brief Captain America run and right. he becomes well, I guess they're gonna go with uh Agent, U.S. agent. U.S. agent, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. It, and um, a, so he, he is a comic book staple, at least for the last, what, 20 years? Yeah, probably around there. Okay, maybe. Let me, I, I don't. But, I mean, I, I, like the, I like the Isaiah Bradley story, um, and that was, I think that came out around 2003 also, like when they actually m- – like made that story, that book that told the Isaiah Bradley story. So um, I love that actor so much. And I don't know his name. Do you know his name? Not off the top of my head. Okay. And my phone is nowhere close to being able to do that. I can look it up. I got my iPad here. Um, But yeah, I mean, I um, like that. I like how they did that. Um, I don't know. I like I like Zemo a lot in this. Um, there again, there were a lot of redeeming qualities to this show. It just took time. <laughs> um, you, um, we had to wait with Sam and Bucky to deal with all this shit. Carl um, Lumley is that's the that's Isaiah Bradley. Yeah. Uh, thank you, sir. Because you were also uh, in Doctor Sleep, and he was awesome there too. He was, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, th- his introduction and how it how it translates to Sam, of course, you know, bridging bridging time and bridging perspective, you know. I mean, they this this season tackles a lot of subject matter that is going on in our society today. It's the it's the human element thrown in with human problems, because I mean, what do the you know, what do all the Marvel movies try to avoid? Regular human problems. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I like how it it did it touched on like a day to day life of a superhero, right. and. Some points were a little mundane, but you're like, hey, that's more real than we normally get. Right. Um, what was I going to say? Shit. Um, <laughs> is there a point where you start to agree with Zemo? Uh, yeah, kind of. Like, you understand what happened that made Zemo the way he is. Right. You I mean, 
of course we know from Civil War being the actual mastermind villain, um, which you find out, <laughs> I think finding out that he was like a rich business slash socialite guy, right? Was that how he's painted in this? He's yeah. kind of like he's kind of like a rich socialite that just he lost his family, so he dedicated all of his money in time to uh, revenge on the Avengers through subversion, I mean, right? I mean, <laughs> he, do, he does bring it up where it's he's like, I, "I am a Baron," like he's a legit Baron. So right, and here's another thing I think that keeps the keeps the show down uh, because of obviously because of Civil War, the the Sokovia Accords, right? Sam has to operate and Bucky has to operate within the Sokovia Accords, right? Yeah. And so does Captain America, which is why at the end of that episode that basically changes the momentum of the season, when Cap kills that dude, or when Walker kills that dude, he is out as Captain America. Right, his first mission as Captain America, real mission as Captain America, a hunt and track mission, becomes murder in the streets of a national, you know, for a national-born citizen somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I I'm just saying. I think they thought this sh- this show through a little bit more than we would than we would think. Maybe I'm wrong on this, but um, I don't know. They did a good job with weaving certain aspects of their, the character's behavior is kind of on a leash. You know what I'm saying? Sam is in a, and as far as I know, Sam can't fly without the Sokovia Accords. They never, no one never cited against that. If anything, that makes more sense. Cause, uh, you know, the whole thing with Ultron still happened, you know, that kind of yeah. stuff. So, but I don't know. Baron, um, Baron Zemo is an interesting character and that guy, I'm glad he could come back to play Baron Zemo. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Uh, I, um, I, um, he was, gosh, I, the first movie I ever saw him in was a born movie. I feel like he was the, Second incarnation of Jason Bourne's girl that died in the in India or whatever. Yeah, it was she. He played her brother or something like that. That's all I know. That was my first introduction to him, and then he was the main bad guy in Inglorious Bastards. Yes, he was the bad guy in Inglorious Bastards. He was no, he was the, he wasn't the bad guy. He was well, he was he was the the German hero. Yeah, he was. But <laughs> he yes. was doing. He was I mean, like despite Hitler's the fact that he was a Nazi, two, he basically. was doing his duty. I guess. Yeah, Born um, Ultimatum is the one he was in. Right, that's what it was. Yeah. So, but yeah, he's a very welcome addition. I hope they continue this on. Um. Yeah, I hope so. I I liked it. I mean, I thought, like I said, there were some low points, but I kind of liked how it just, you know, it it when it got to those points, it 
brought the, it, it helped move the story along still because it was like a storyline. Here's what here's a storyline to go with when it's going to get, you know, they don't have anything right. going on. We got to they actually have a real life. Right. Um and I'm, you know, I'm yeah, I liked it. Like I said, I didn't care for the end. I uh the whole like I said, the whole um Agent Carter or Agent 13 But other than that, I mean, I I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. Um, I need to talk about John Walker and the episode where Battlestar dies. Yeah. Um, they did a decent job. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have no military experience. I barely have any real training with a gun. But the way they make John uh, John Walker, he was doomed from the start. Could yeah. we agree on that? Yeah. <laughs> he did not stand a chance. Like I said before, he's not Captain America. Steve Rogers is Captain America. And the way the world looks at Captain America and the things that he did, right? I mean, while the main antagonist doesn't like Captain America and thinks the shield is a symbol of a bygone era, John Walker is forced to have the the burden of being a battle-hardened military vet take on the role of the most important decision maker in the United States Army <laughs> or in the, in the you know what I mean of the military forces of the United States right isn't yeah. that kind of like what yeah. captain america is capable of doing it being at any time he's essentially a, the the top five star general <laughs> Right. I mean, he leads men in, I yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I, I. He's property of the U.S. military. I don't know how that works, but would anyone deny him that? Like, would anyone in the in the Marvel universe deny Steve Rogers? Like, they said, Steve, Captain America, Steve Rogers needs our help. Are we going? Fuck yeah, we're going. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. just saying. Um. But John Walker is doomed for the start. First of all, he's seen battle before he was given the, before he gave himself that serum, right? Yeah. Steve Rogers did not see official battle. He was chosen before he had any true combat experience like that. Yep. So his understanding of his powers and how to deal with them. And the years he spent being the more of the mascot, or the year he spent being more of the mascot doing that Bond tour, all right, made him realize what he could and could not do, how to temper himself, how to, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, John Walker had like 24 hours. Well, and so he, you, you know, he, he took the serum basically out of jealousy out of jealousy right because he got beat so it was the wrong motivation 
It's exactly it. It was the wrong motivation to take the serum. Yeah. Steve Rogers took it under the idea of, yes, I want to, I want to help the fight. You obviously see my, my situation. The doc's like, yes, I'll give you something that makes you better. Even warned him, right? Yeah. It amplifies what you are. And when John Walker and uh, Battlestar, what's his name in the show? Or what's his name? Uh, shit. Um, Hawkins? Hawkins? Something. Okay. Either way, his Bucky, his trusted confidant, his best bud, his Sam, right? Whatever you want to call him. That's what the dude is. Yeah. He has his best friend. He served with his best friend. He'll die for his best friend, right? These guys have seen action together. And I, I again, I'm not having any military experience, only knowing what either movies tell me or biographies tell me of, you know, the, sh the fucked up shit they would go through for each other, you know. But they're working together, and they have that discussion. And Hawkins tells him, it just makes you more of you. Yeah, they don't uh, you, have the have the quite quite the right mindset for that. Right. I mean, because they think what they do is, and the thing is, you find out through the episode he does have his doubts. He gets his ass kicked by <laughs> by, by uh, Wakandan ninjas. The equivalent of ninjas, right? I mean, the the girls, the, yeah. the ladies. I dare not call them girls. Uh, the ladies. The Dorma Miraji. Is that what their name is? I can't remember what it said. It's but yeah, something like that. Deaf and red is what I'd call them. Anyways, <clears throat> the uh, you know they kick his ass, and he realizes he is not up to this task. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but he, I mean, he, but, after that, he's like, they weren't even soldiers. Right. He's I mean, not, I don't think he realizes... These women who have been trained since birth in the deadliest arts of martial combat and have technological advantages the likes he's never seen? Yeah, sure. <laughs> right? They're, he doesn't need to know that. He just knows that Captain America wouldn't have taken that. Right? Yeah. You know? So later when he discovers the serum, he has that moment of temptation, and he takes it. But there's something I like about his attempt. He starts off being super as rightly as he can. Remember when he first tests out his powers? He busts through that window, or busts through that wall, right? Yeah. And there's a gun on the ground, and he looks at it, and he and he disregards it and just moves on with the shield. Yeah, because oh, yeah. he's like he, he definitely tries. Right, he's trying to be Captain America. This is the law. This is the thing about John Walker that I think I don't know how the how he is initially is in the comics, but I have a feeling they're going to make him into like a duped villain. I I think that's kind of what they do. Is like he's. I don't, yeah, I don't know a whole lot. I know a little bit. Like, I know, you know. Right. He, I, I, I know think he, he exists. That's about the extent of what I know and, of U.S. Okay. agent. Okay. And Elaine Bennis, 
the, showing up. She's the countess. The countess Val, right? Yeah, showing up in the middle. In, I mean, like, first of all, didn't see that coming. Never would have thought. I didn't know who her character was. I didn't even know that Hydra would even still be alive at this point, or whatever the heck she, you know, she works for. Yeah, but, you know, um, I was taken aback by it. And I just love the fact that it was Julie Louise Dreyfus. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I've always thought she's awesome on her as, in her roles on TV. I don't know about her comedy or anything like that, but I'm just saying. I've always liked her in the roles she's played. Yeah. Um. But you could tell it wasn't like I don't I don't know. Like John Walker and his wife are just like, hell yeah, I'm back, baby. You know what I mean? Yeah, how they first sell her, I was like, when they first introduce her, I'm like, oh, is she gonna is she gonna be the power broker? Right. I, I you know, I I didn't know how they were gonna do it. Like that's what I thought at first. I was like, I wonder if they're gonna make her the power broker. And right. then, you know, obviously that didn't happen, but yeah, I I liked it. I liked how she just like shows up and you know she's like, hey, you know what? You don't need them. Come work for me, right? It... And still, <laughs> and still sells them on like basically you're you're gonna work for the government, but you're gonna work for me, right? She's basically a. I mean, I would imagine she's like one of the last remnants of Hydra kind of doing her thing is that the deal i think something kind of along those lines right like she's an offshoot she was she was in the cia or fucking she worked with the cia for something and she was just left undercover no one ever mentioned her some shit you know however it's gonna play out i don't know yeah but yeah i'm i'm excited about all this um i also like um i I like how uh, Sam's outfit for Captain America. Yeah. I liked it. I, I, I understand that it's kind of like, didn't they try it on him like that as a run about, what, about six years ago? Uh, maybe, yeah. I know there was a run, like a, a Falcon Captain America run. I don't know exactly when. Yeah, but I mean, it was more along the lines of like no one knows where Steve went. Yeah, I Steve think had so. to go. Was... He had to go somewhere. He was on a mission somewhere, and no one knew where he was. So he just took up the role because it was like a long mission. Yeah, I don't know. It was, it was something, yeah. But either way, they matched the comic book bad design pretty well. Yeah. I mean, it was it was kind of we I I. I mean, they gave Sam all the advantages that technology could give him without being Iron Man. Right. You're not wrong. Right. While maintaining his own personal image, but allowing him to carry the shield. Because the Wakandan armor is like, like Black Panther's shit, right? Yeah. Isn't he basically bulletproof? I think so, yeah. Right. Uh, That changes the game utterly because Captain America wasn't even bulletproof. 
I mean, Captain America could be shot and killed, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, he he heals fast, you know, like he has right, 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 healing, right. But, but I mean, yeah, there was I mean, an issue where he was shot and he was assassinated, right? I mean, that that actually did happen in the comics. I think it happened in Civil War. Yeah. So with that being said, he is killable by bullets, by gunfire. But what I'm saying is, is he always managed to take the shields or maybe his boots were stronger or whatnot, but he always managed to block everything with the shield. Whereas Sam's wings are not bulletproof, but now they are. His suit is more durable. He might not have super strength, but he's more physically capable of taking more damage. So kind of negating his disadvantage of being super strong with being able to take more hits. Right? Yeah. I don't I'm just saying that seems uh, as a as a way to to help keep Falcon the way he was but uh, make him Falcon 2.0. You know, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I I I I, get, I, I, uh, I and I thought it was a pretty slick little thing that they did there. That was cool. Um other than John Walker and his whole bad, terrible day, <laughs> I think my favorite uh, situation is when Bucky and Sam are throwing the shield back and forth like a baseball. Yeah. And having their conversations. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying because they're both... Ca- like, that was one of the issues back... Uh, it, it, it kind of addresses the rivalry between what the fans expected Who's going to take up the mantle of Captain America? Yeah. Is it going to be Bucky or is it going to be Sam? So they just keep throwing it back and forth. And meanwhile, Bucky's telling him, you need, it's your shield. You need to take it. He's like, I don't know, man. I don't know what I need to be. You know, I mean, they having their doubts and having human problems. I don't know. I think every part of it was a good. I, I That's why I like this series more than I thought it would. I, I think this was the the most with the exception of a kind of blase bad guy. Yeah. Because by the way, uh, it was supposed to be a worldwide plague that they were supposed to stop when they first started filming this. Yeah. Well, you know, (laughs) and then kind of things went happening. Life got in the way, right? Life got in the way of that idea. So they scrapped that, and that's what we have now. So, um, but in spite of that, and it's not even the actors and actresses' fault. It's just it, 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 you are displaced people. We know that that's a problem going on in the world right now. It's an understandable thing. It's a metaphor for you can't ignore this forever. Yeah, I think Cinematic. it's uh, you know they they did right. a really good job touching on relevancy. Right. right. I mean that's well that's what I think this show was. It was the human aspect of all the the chaos created by the avenging and uh, superhero work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's you know, and people have a right to be angry over you know, like the people in this world have a right to be angry. But it's hard to blame people who moved on with their lives after thinking they lost all the most important people in their lives. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
you know, they, the whole argument is, is these, these people blip back in and their whole lives are just ripped from them. What a horribly traumatic experience that would be. And I mean, I'm not joking about the ones that are like, you know, that were in airplanes that are now just free falling down to the surface during the blip, right? Whatever you want, you know, whatever your scenario can make up. But what about all the people who just like lost all their relationships in a heartbeat? And it was literal heartbeat because yeah. for them, it was zero time. They literally just respawned like a video game and their whole lives are over. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everything they knew is fucked. It's a very legitimate concern, and that human element is uh, important to to understand why they're so angry. Well, and it's kind of funny too because it's the it's really the first time in this would be what the th- the third event since so the third release since the the snap was undone. Yeah. And it's really the first time in the three so that we actually touch on this, like what's happened to these people. Right. You can't, you can't ignore world problems forever in, in any of these universes. You know what I mean? Like that's just, you just can't do it. Yeah. Not, not if you want to maintain relevance with your audience because your audience is going through it every day, you know? So, but I I enjoyed Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I enjoyed Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, I, um, I like I said. I hope it comes back. I liked it. Um, I'm ready for Loki. I am most certainly ready for Loki, dude. The trailers are looking really good. My my whole thing was is WandaVision was weird. Falcon Winter Soldier was human and patience and an actual story drama. And I think Loki is just going to be like the fucking it's I think I feel like it's going to be either Quantum Leap or um the equivalent of the RIPD but in space. Uh, yeah, kind of, maybe. Um, We're in space time. Yeah, kind of, I think. Because, uh, yeah, it's I definitely mean, I, got... I, it's I, gonna, I, I, really I think it's going like to touch RIPD, all over. But I didn't really like R.I.P.D. I was just well, trying to I don't to think anyone best, really liked that movie. So. Yeah, I was trying to use the best analogy for how the world beyond space time would have to operate. Kind of like the Umbrella Academies, the agency. Yeah. You know what I mean? Something that's like it's intangible, yet it controls a whole bunch of shit. You know that kind of deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm very excited for Loki. Yeah. So I mean, there's that. Uh, the Shang Chi trailer came out. That looks pretty cool. Again, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. They really know how to fucking make trailers, man. Uh, they know how to make kung fu movies, apparently, because I know this is like gonna be straight kung fu. I know, and we're gonna get a real Mandarin. Yeah, I know. I'm excited about all of this. Um, it's a win-win. I said it. It's a win-win. It's a win because it's gonna. I 
Well, I don't know if you've uh, if you've read anything about the backlash of this movie. No. <laughs> Apparently, all the uh, um, Asian heritage actors that are in this in this show in this movie um, are all like non-native to the Asian region. They're all like second generation American or Canadian or something like that. So they're, they're, you know, a hundred percent Chinese or I, I, I don't know how to address this properly without yeah. sounding like a weirdo. But, um, apparently there's issue with them not being Asian enough. Oh, Okay. Um, I, I I know. Sounds ridiculous. I don't know how far it went here. I don't. But my yeah. point. But my point is, is that I can't imagine this not being good for Disney. Yeah, I mean, I think because Mulan did not was not received well by anyone, not yeah. just Americans, but by anyone. Yeah. And the Chinese market that they were probably hoping to get into, well, you know, Disney Plus. You know, we start making things that are a little bit more... Chi- I mean, I'm just saying, business opportunities are business opportunities. There's a billion people over there, and they all have cell phones now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, Disney Plus is an opportunity there. And granted, I'm not saying they made Shang-Chi as a, as a way to just sneak into the Chinese market, because I'm sure they still have a nice little stranglehold on it anyways. I'm sure. But, it's Disney, but, it's worldwide, it has been. <laughs> right. But it's funny to me that you know this movie is coming out after disney plus has proven itself as a reliable thing you know but i can't wait because it's gonna make american cinema think about making more kung fu movies again i hope and so. i can't wait for that because kung fu movies kung fu movies are a hidden all right um I watched a lot of kung fu movies when I was a kid. Yeah, me too. Love that oh. shit. Oh my and gosh. I, I don't care if they were cheesy or not. I mean, I like I, cheesy movies to begin with, but Right, right. Poorly dubbed movies just Oh no. Oh. I, I, I I'm I'm okay with it. I I've seen uh I I'm more for the Bruce Lees, the Jet Lees, Jackie Chan's um the lone wolf and the cub lone wolf and cub was um you know um so many right i mean martial arts movies have their place it is a fantastically is a fantastic art style or well like it's it's film it's the cinematography of martial arts is very flashy you know what I mean? Like it, the way you can make movies with it. I don't know. Anyways, point is, I can't wait for it to be a success because I want it to be a success because I want more kung fu movies. Yeah. <laughs> and people will follow that trend. They'll be like, especially if they can get a sequel. Oh yeah. But it look it does look pretty sweet. Yeah, and it, it, it looks. I, the bus scene. Come on, that yeah. bus scene looks freaking yeah. awesome. Uh, it ties in with Tony Stark. Yeah, it's, um, it's going to tie into stuff for sure. Right. Uh, and keep in mind, all right, so it's been 
he said in the trailer it says for 10 years you got to live your life right yeah and now you have to be this so he was involved in the snap then he went away in the snap maybe yeah i don't know because this doesn't take place in 2016 you know what i'm saying shang chi can't take place in 2016 and I also wonder if, because isn't the Ten Rings land of like a gangster organization? It's, Over, yeah, more, I mean, it's like shadowy, uh, more shadowy than gangster. But, yeah, it's it's yeah. like, yeah, it, it's like the the world crime organization of Marvel. Like it's you know they have their hand in all kinds of organized crime. Okay, so if Hydra was a crime syndicate, yeah. Okay. Yes, think think Hydra only, only crimes. They do crime. Via... They're not doing. They're not doing intelligence and subterfuge. <laughs> okay. Um, well, it links back to Tony Stark. Um, Plus, yes, it's, the, it's a way the, you could tie into um, the Hand and Daredevil. Right. Um, maybe you could go back and fix Iron Fist. Um, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say, don't they play? Doesn't doesn't yeah. Iron Fist play in that kind of region of the world? Iron you Fist, know? yeah, Iron Fist, and yeah. So uh, the the flub that was Iron Fist, oh, man, such hopes, and it just yep. <laughs> the only one too, like the rest of the series was fine. That one just did not hit with anyone. Um, I, uh, yeah, I have a hard time. I don't know, and and this isn't meant to be of any biased nature, but I think because the only thing I ever seen him in was Game of Thrones. Yeah. And the character he played in Game of Thrones Hmm. just kind of like, I couldn't shake that character when I saw him. Um, I think more of it for me, I feel like it was kind of a rushed production first off because it was like, he was cast where the other like daredevil, you know, he was cast. He had time to train, to do the stuff where you can plainly tell in that movie or in that show. If you watch the first couple episodes where he's fighting, it is not him. It is a stunt double in a wig. (laughs) <laughs> you can you can clearly see it it's just you know like poor like yeah poor execution it was whether it was rushed and they didn't have time poor casting i don't know it right. just it it was a miss on so many levels and i will say the guy who is like the hidden one of the hidden villains um the 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 sensei guy at the school or the cult or you know like yeah. you find out it's the foot organization the last thing I saw that dude in that I can remember, and I'm sure he's been on in other things, but I, I he's the the roommate from Transformers too. And I can't I can't I can't not see that. Unfortunately, certain roles Sometimes that happens. Some people get cursed by roles for me. I'm not saying that they should be judged this way. I'm not saying it I'm just saying my brain won't let go of certain things. And one of them is, is he was in Transformers too. He was the roommate that gets 
dragged through the whole adventure. So, oh man, yeah, we we we've kind of touched all over today. So, yeah, well, that's I mean that's I the think point we kind of this, caught right? up, right? We pretty much <laughs> liked everything we've seen. Godzilla was cool. Millions dead. Millions dead. <laughs> Godzilla and King Kong was cool, but um, I have my gripes with that movie. Yeah, there. I mean, it, you know, it it was good for what it was. Um, there were definitely some stuff where you're like, definitely some stuff you, yeah. But <laughs> I mean, look, it, it, for. For being what it is, those movies will never live up to the 60s and 70s versions of fucking people in suits in combat that is so bad because they're in suits that they can hardly move. And it just, I don't know why, I love them. I love the old King Kong movies and Godzilla movies. The Godzilla movies are... They're they're treasures. And if you've never watched them, you need to. I have. <laughs> you need to. They're so so cheesy. You can tell like the people can hardly move in them damn outfits, and they yep. fight, and it's really like a push, and maybe a punch gets thrown, but it's mostly like sumo wrestling, pushing back and forth. Oh yeah, and bad effects to shoot fire and lightning and I, I will say that sometimes when they try to hit nostalgia in that movie it succeeds when Godzilla is attacking like the innocent towns and all that or you know goes in you know that company or whatever yeah it actually plays the Godzilla it actually plays a modern day uh, symphonic remake of that old tune yeah the actual godzilla theme um uh they they do some things well with it um i actually like it but it ended predictably in my book yeah i mean it was you kind of yeah you kind of seen it coming you knew pretty much knew what was going to happen with it and again that just boils down to us having seen thousands of movies well and <laughs> you, and we gotta have we gotta have room for the sequels, right? Godzilla and Kong gotta team up one last time. Two brothers in a van <laughs> down by the river, down by the river, chasing, <laughs> being f- cross attacked by giant monster cats and gun <laughs> a Mexican armada with tomato guns. <laughs> uh, Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty, two brothers. Um, what do I got? Oh, I mean, that's that's most of the stuff that's been released. I yeah, mean, I don't still... want to talk about Mortal Kombat if you haven't seen it. No, yet. I haven't. I'm going to try and get it watched this weekend. Hopefully, mm-hmm. I'll be back to work next week because uh, I don't know if I can sit around the house and keep on not doing shit. I mean, not that I'm not doing shit. I'm doing shit. I'm technically cleared of my covid stuff i've been in court like my 14 day quarantine's over but you know work, yeah. i have to have a negative test to go back to work so um yeah yeah they're just stupid everyone else like uh my wife's back at work my son's back to school 
they don't need negative tests. They just had to be quarantined for the 14 days and 10 or 10 days after the symptoms, whatever they're, you know, but our work, we need uh, negative tests. So I'm going on three weeks of not working now and it's going crazy at home. Sorry, Getting a lot of stuff not... done. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully I'm getting tested tomorrow. So hopefully that, uh, comes back negative and I can go back to work. That would be good because I also need money. So pay <laughs> us some money. Right, right. Download, download Every... us and, uh, subscribe and review and rate. Hey, we are almost to our $15. We are, uh, at the last time I looked, we were at like 1474. So we've made, Almost $15 in our podcast. Wow. Uh, you know what? We can finally both order a combo meal. <laughs> no, we're still we're still down, what, like... Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. We're, we're still st- we're, we're still We're still in the red, like, like 100 bucks, because, I mean, that's just our microphones oh, and mic right. stands were... Uh, that was like 90-something, so... Yeah, we're, st- we're still in the red. Maybe That's one so day funny. we'll get we'll get in the black. That's funny. Uh, oh well, that's uh, that's been the pop culture hoot nanny for this week. I'm Dan, and I'm Justin. And go do what you want to do, unless it's bad shit. Don't kill anybody. Good night. <laughs> Good night. One, two, three, four. Pop culture.